0: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. My name is Susan Peck. Most of you know me, but some of you may not. I'm the director of music here, and I'm going to invite you to sing a couple songs with me for our gathering music today. The first one is um, in the gray hymnal number 38, Morning Has Broken, and I made the mistake in the order of service as listing Cat Stevens as the composer. He did not actually compose it, he just made it famous back in the 70s, and uh, the, the tune is an Irish folk tune, and the words were written by Eleanor Farjohn. so this, but I am going to play the Cat Stevens arrangement, so there will be interludes between the verses, so be ready for that. Here we go, Morning Has Broken, number 38 in Singing the Living Tradition. <coughs>
1: the first you fall on the first grass praise for the sweet So
0: Great to hear your voices out there. True story. The very first time I ever attended a Unitarian Universalist church, which was back in the late 70s when I lived in Columbia, Missouri, and I had no idea what Unitarian Universalism was all about, I came home from the service, and I was like, oh my goodness, they sang Morning Has Broken. That was so cool. (laughs) So that song means a lot to me in my my history of learning about UUism. The next one, I'm going to switch the order that's in the order of service. So same hymnal, number 71. In the spring with plow and harrow, farmers worked in field and furrow. Now, the, now we harvest for tomorrow. This is a good Thanksgiving anthem. And there are five verses, so be ready. There are some words down below. <coughs> Start that again. I'm trying to transpose it sight so it's not so high.
1: In the spring, with plow and harrow, farmers worked in field and farm. to bounties measure. Give
0: for our final song, I invite you to rise and body your spirit, because this is going to lead right into our call to worship, so I invite you to rise. You don't have the words to this, but you will catch on very quickly. We sang this last week at the Interfaith Service last week at Congregation Albert. My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? My heart is ready, and what am I going to do, oh God? My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? And then there's a zipper song. So then my hands are ready, my feet are ready, my voice is ready, my spirit's ready. So by the time we've sung it through five times, you'll have it.
1: My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? My heart is ready, and what am I going to do? Oh, God, my heart is ready, and what am I going to do? goes pretty fast. My hands are ready and what am I going to do? My heart is ready and what am I going to do? My heart is ready and what am I gonna do? Oh God, my heart is ready and what am I going to do? My feet, my feet are ready and what am I going to do? My feet are ready and what am I going to do? My feet are ready and what am I going to do? Oh God, my feet are ready and what am I going to do? My voice is ready and what am I gonna do? My voice is ready and what am I gonna do? My voice is ready and what am I gonna do? Oh God My voice is ready and what am I gonna do? My spirit's ready and what am I gonna do? My spirit's ready and what am I gonna do? My spirit's ready and what am I gonna do? Oh God My spirit's ready and what am I gonna do?
2: You may be seated. Our call to worship today is by one of my classmates from seminary, Teresa I Soto. Bring your broken hallelujah here. Bring the large one that is beyond repair. Bring the small one that's too soft to share. Bring your broken hallelujah here. I know that people have told you that before you can give, you have to get yourself together. They overstated the value of perfection by a lot. Or they forgot. You are the gift. We all bring some broken things, songs and dreams, and long-lost hopes. But here, together, we reach within. As a community, we begin again. And from the pieces, we will build something new. There is work that only you can do. We wait for you. Bring your broken hallelujah here.
3: Our chalice lighting this morning is For This One Hour by Paul Stephen Dodenhoff. For this one hour, Spirit of life, we let go. For this one hour, may we let go of our anxieties, our fears, our angers, our self-doubts, our regrets, our petty grievances, and our distractions. If only for this one hour, let the flame of this chalice burn them from our hearts and minds and light our way to peace and serenity.
0: I invite you to rise in body or spirit to sing our opening song. This is number 299 in the gray hymnal again. The tune is a shape note tune, and the words are more recent than, actually the words are 19th century. Make channels for the streams of love.
1: Make channels for the streams of love. Where they may broadly run, and love has overflowing streams that fill them every one. But if at any time we cease such channels to provide, the fairy fountains of love for us will soon. Must share if we would keep this gift. Home.
3: Welcome to church. I'm Iris. Take a look around you, behind you. Still as, Sit still as the person in front of you turns around. They wanna see you. <laughs> we're in a room together and we're going to talk and sing and maybe move around. We all process surroundings differently Do you need to scribble notes or doodle, fidget? Did you bring one for me? Does an electronic device you keep close, keep you well and sometimes make noise? Can you make that same noise? Do you need to stim, but need a little space to do so? Is that because you're a kid? Well, if we got a spot for you. For the littlest ones is a playground up front here with soft and crinkly playthings. The art table in the back is stocked with coloring pages and our family room across the hall a cozy soundproof den with live feed of the sanctuary where you and fellow parents can finally let loose. We hope you've been given a place to bring your whole selves this hour your true selves your eight o'clock this morning selves and everything in between.
4: create a space and a time for meditating so find your comfortable seat comfortable for your body as it is today maybe feel your feet resting on the ground what's supporting your hands Take like an inhalation draw your shoulders up towards your ears if that's comfortable for you exhale soften down One more time. Inhale up and down. To set up our time of quiet, I want to share some words by Reverend Susan McGinn, who's a UU chaplain in the Navy. You who feel sorrows calling across the oceans, calling across the room. Echoing in the spacious cavern of your chest, breathe with me. You who wake with the sun, carrying a restlessness to make justice and do mercy, breathe with me. You who walk humbly, accepting that your gifts from the world will be made by you, Breathe with me. You, a soft creature who must pause for meals, water, laughter, and rest. Breathe with me. You who sing by heart songs of peace, hope, joy, and who love this world into a home. Breathe in quiet. church is certainly a place for celebration and gratitude, but it's also a place to bring lamentation, to acknowledge the fact that even good lives carry hard things. We carry so many things into this service this morning, so at the sound of the chime, I invite you to share the people and places that are on your heart into our sanctuary. All these we lift up to the great powers of healing and renewal that are known by many names we join our hearts in prayer just for a moment? On this holiday, holiday weekend, we consider the myths that get wrapped around Thanksgiving or what is sometimes called thanks May we keep learning so that we may create more seats at our tables. And we give thanks for ceasefires and humanitarian aid. May there be healing and justice and peace. Healing and justice and peace. On this weekend of gratitude, we use this list created by Molly Burford to remember the people who give us so much grace. We remember the person who invites our inner child out of hiding. We remember the chosen older sibling. We remember the nominated parent of the group. And the cousins we got lucky enough to be friends with, too. We remember the mentor who challenges us to do better. The coworker who became a best friend. We remember the neighbors who became family. We remember the stranger who became a person that we cannot bear to imagine our lives without. We remember willing helpers, boundary respecters, protective pals, sporadic texters, snow day companions. Enthusiastic errand runners. We remember people who get just as excited about our good news as we do. We remember the reciprocal effort makers, the long distance besties, the soul we know will find every lifetime. And we remember anyone who loved us through different versions of ourselves. Even the most ruly and difficult versions who stuck around. May we keep them close and love them well. And may we put love at the center of everything that we do. Peace be with you.
0: And also with you. I invite you to join me in song again, still the gray hymnal, number 317. This is one of my favorite hymns, even though it has a slightly odd melody. Years ago, I had a conversation with Reverend John Luopa from Seattle, Washington, and he talked about this hymn as representing, representing the covenant of life itself, which is the covenant that underlies all other covenants we have with each other. We are not our own.
1: We are not our own. Earth forms us, human leaves are nature's growing vine. Fruit of man. be a house of welcome living stars.
2: So as affiliate minister, I get an opportunity to contribute to worship services a few times a year. I like to fit my sermons into the theme of the month wherever possible. This month's theme is still generosity. However, the title out front and on your order of service is listed as experience, strength, and hope. So it is my intent to share with you how the sermon title fits the theme of generosity, how experience, strength, and hope relate to generosity. okay let's see how this works (laughs) when i think of generosity i think of sharing i will never forget my earliest experiences with sharing i was raised by my grandparents in rural arkansas our nearest neighbors were at least a mile away and in my earliest memories we did not yet have a phone we did not have our princess phone. Our neighbors would sometimes go on walks for various reasons, sometimes looking for their escaped farm animal, sometimes collecting wild flowers, sometimes collecting something called wild poke salad. And sometimes they would come to visit my grandmother to catch up on gossip, or to borrow something. My grandmother would always share with them, but she would say later that she knew they would never return what they borrowed. She also told me that I needed to share my toys with the neighbor who was around my age. I was four or five at the time. But after they left, I can remember my grandmother communicating to me that she wished they wouldn't visit so much. And then there were times when she would say to me, when I had a new toy, that I should probably put that one away to keep them from breaking it. So the message I formed about generosity was that I needed to share, but not too much, and only things, and only certain things, and only when there was no risk involved. Well, then I got older, and my thoughts around generosity became more complicated. I started to wonder, how much do I give? What do I give? How much do I keep? How much is enough? When I began my searches to define my theology, it got even more complicated. I thought about vows of poverty, the thoughts about giving everything away and taking a vow of poverty occurred at the time when I realized that there was no amount of material possessions that would make me happy. I thought about how does my theology explain how much I need to give? Should I share with people I don't like? Should I only share with people in need? Or should I share with anyone who asks? And is generosity a spiritual process? All of this was contemplation and all of this contemplation was related to material possessions and to the representation of material possessions, measurable wealth. I continued my questioning, is giving truly helping Should my level of generosity be based on how much I have? Should I give a percentage of what I have? Should I give everything beyond a certain point? I never came to a final answer to these questions. So, now you may be asking, what does this have to do with experience, strength, and hope? The phrase experience, strength, and hope is one I heard in a support group. The group had a practice of mentoring and peer support, and it was stated repeatedly that the purpose of this mentoring and support is to share experience strength, and hope. The members who had found a path of success through their struggles were encouraged to share their stories. The purpose of this sharing was to allow for people to share their experience of strength and hope with each other. Those who are now attempting to navigate the same path of struggles may then find hope in the stories of others who have successfully navigated this path. So the topic here is generosity. Honest, I'm going somewhere with this. (laughs) I realized something from this experience with support groups I concluded that the most important thing to share is not the measurable stuff. It is not even the stuff like knowledge, which is kind of measurable. It's not just sharing our know-how and sharing resources. The most valuable sharing is sharing of ourselves. The most valuable sharing is the sharing of our humanity, the sharing of those things that make us human. Now it seems that the message I received as a child carried throughout my life. I thought I should share, especially when I was blessed with what I thought was too much. I have often said to myself and others, that providence has smiled upon me and amazing grace has touched my face. I love that phrase and it is so true. I have often been blessed with more than enough of what I need. I have often felt a responsibility to share. But I have usually stopped at possessions and material things. I have shared money, I have shared food, I have given people a place to stay. I have helped people get to some place when they did not have transportation. I have shared knowledge and information even to those who didn't want it. (laughs) I had shared but only certain things and only when there was no real risk involved. That's about as far as I had ever considered sharing until I really thought about the idea of sharing experience, strength, and hope. Sharing experience and hope is about sharing our humanity. Our humanity is about the things we experience and how we manage those things, how we address those things. It's about our response to our human experience. I now believe that sharing our humanity or sharing the things that make us human can be narrowed generally down to two different areas. One is sharing our story, and the other is sharing our strengths and weaknesses, sharing our struggles and triumphs, and sharing our shortcomings and exceptionalities. Those two things, sharing the story and sharing those human those human realities. Now the idea of sharing our story was first shared with me by the senior pastor of the first UU church where I experienced long-term membership almost 40 years ago. She explained telling our story as having three parts. One was do the work to fully own our story. Two was find the courage to share our story. And three was identify when the healing has occurred and re-story. She explained that as telling our story along with its spiritual growth outcome. So that was own our story, share our story, and re-story. The first part, owning our story. Have you ever thought about your life in those terms? Have you ever looked at your life story and noted which parts you feel comfortable owning, and which parts cause you to evaluate, to justify, or to regularly leave out altogether. I have known and worked with so many people who have never gotten to the point of owning and accepting their story. Owning it means not denying it or wishing it had turned out some other way. Now, I am not talking about acceptance in the sense of condoning. I am not talking about evaluating one story in terms of good or bad, right or wrong, but just identifying it as it is or as it was. The next part of the process is where the generosity comes in. The second part, sharing our story. Have you ever shared your story with someone? Shared the difficult parts, shared the painful parts? Is it possible that someone needs to hear those parts so that they can feel commonality and come to own? their story. This did not happen for me until I was participating in and then leading support groups and watched how people became more open. More open with each other when someone shared their story. And how people became more open with me. When I shared my story. The final part, the third part, is the restory. Identifying where the healing has occurred. Have you ever looked at your story and identified the parts that made you stronger and more resilient? the parts that made you more tolerant and less judgmental. This is continually happening for me when I look back on things in my life and I can identify things I once put in the category of if only that had not happened, I would be in a better place now. I then think again and realize that I no longer regret those things. In many cases, I am now grateful for those things. They now go into a different category, a more positive, a motivating category of, hey, I survived that, I can certainly do this. So one part of the generosity of sharing our humanity or sharing the qualities that make us human is that sharing our story. The other part of this generosity involves sharing our strengths and weaknesses, sharing our struggles and triumphs, and sharing our short come, our shortcomings and exceptionalities, both not just one out of those categories. Sharing our humanity by sharing the qualities that make us human helps us and those with whom we share to feel less lonely, less isolated, and less judged. Our humanity is about the things we experience and how we manage those things, how we address those things, our response to our experiences, our response to the human experience this is the most valuable thing we have. Sharing these things is sharing our life. It is sharing those things which we have obtained only by spending our lives to earn them. There is no other way to earn them They cannot be bought or sold at any price other than the price of our existence in this world in human form. Can there be any greater generosity than to share our experience, strength, and hope? To share in a way that may help others who are struggling and to share in a way that brings us to common ground and common understanding with others. Can there be any greater generosity than to share our humanity?
3: feel so blessed by that message. <laughs> Thank you, Jane, for sharing. I'm gonna share a little bit. I have a confession. I skipped out on Thanksgiving this year or my nuclear family, the five of us did to be with just each other. Some of you know where we went. Doing so only opened up the floodgates of gratitude more about where we find ourselves after the year we've had. (laughs) No doubt with the love and support of this place as, let me count the ways, employer, spiritual home, minister, minister who was also your boss. Uh, Queer minister set to recommit a now thoroughly queer marriage. Youth groups for mid-high and high. Even more queer. Coming of age class from one to the other. The village it takes to engage slash keep tabs on a sense-seeking, defiant little Christian. Still queer. Weekly Monday transgender transition support group. Pushing us all into advocacy, activism, and life saving measures, as youth seem to be doing already. A venue for leadership camp, action meetings, trick treating, codependence, anonymous meetings, celebrations of life, of lives just begun, sanctuary come in the middle of the week, sit at the back as every roll and tie of this place lifts away. And yes, a place to stand every few Sundays the last two years and lead worship, sometimes in new clothes, new voice, sometimes not. And the place I hope to find ways to lead in less visible, more specific ways. I think I've found that place where the healing can begin, the healing can continue. I came out at this podium a year ago Naming my gender to my family of origin and choice and church all at once. (laughs) Sharing with everybody as if in a single light. And I give thanks to you for all that you give and the gift that you are. Change for the Future partner right now is Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women, an organization advocating for social change and supporting native advocates in their work to stop violence in all its forms in New Mexico's tribal communities. Donate by leaving an envelope marked CFF or drop loose change in the basket. We receive the offering Now, in love.
0: In Japan, there is a tradition of repairing broken pottery, not to conceal the cracks, but to show them with gold. It's called kintsugi. Peter Mayer wrote a song about it.
1: I'm like one of those Japanese bulls that were made long. I have some cracks in me. They have been filled with gold. That's what they used back then when they had a bowl to mend. It did not hide the cracks. It made them shine with instead. Every old scar shows from every time I broke. And anyone's eyes can see I'm not what they used to see. But in a collector's mind, all of those jagged lines make me more beautiful worth a much higher Every time I broke, anyone's eyes can see it's not what I used to be. But in a collector's mind, all of those jagged lines make me more beautiful, worth a much. One of those Japanese bulls. I was made long ago. I have some cracks you can see. See how they shine of gold. Thank you.
4: We receive your generosity with gratitude. Thank you on behalf of First Unitarian and the Coalition to Stop Violence Against Native Women. We have a few announcements.
3: That we do. It's the last week to purchase advance tickets for Miguel Espinoza, Fusion Jazz Band Concert, on December 1st. That would be this coming Friday. Um, The link is available on a giving page and tickets will also be available at the door. This world-class act plays a blend of flamenco, jazz, and world music. We're really lucky to have them. Contact Susan for more information or if you'd like to volunteer to help with concert production. And after you've been to that wonderful
4: show Friday night, on Saturday morning there's a pine needle party. That is, landscape, vol- landscape volunteers will gather at 9 a.m. on Saturday. There will be coffee and donuts. There are incentives here. Please join us for a couple of hours of shared work and great conversation, and then a delicious soup lunch provided by Jenny Parsons. That'll be at 1130. So hope you can join us with your rakes, your gloves, your hat, and your good
3: energy. Yeah, that's something I'm ready for, to get my hands dirty. Uh, This is the last week for Change for the Future program, uh, supporting coalition to stop violence against Native women, but which organizations do you wanna see supported next year? If you wanna encourage a local nonprofit to apply, send them to our online application at our website, and the deadline is December 31st. All right,
4: and let's have a moment of candor, not everyone loves the holidays. Some folks have painful memories associated with the holidays. Some folks find their present circumstances make the holidays like torture. And it's very hard to escape that once we're in this season, as you know. And this church understands that. And for that reason, we're inviting everyone to our Blue December service, which is Wednesday, December 6 at 7 PM. So be in lieu of our regular Vespers it's going to happen here, and it'll be online, too, if you prefer not to drive at night. And it's an opportunity to come and get some comfort, some consolation in what can be a really difficult time. So, And feel free to invite your friends. We'd love to have them. And if we have any visitors here who are feeling not bashful want to put, put their arms up and we can give you a warm applause, we'd love to greet you. There we go. All right. Yay. We're so glad you're here. Thank you for coming. We're really glad to see you. Hi, how are you? All right. Um, If you haven't had a chance to check by out the welcome table, uh, um, you can stop over there and learn more about the church if you're interested, if you're not going to run screaming from the sanctuary this morning. Uh, I don't think coffee is happening today. Unfortunately, Oh, it is. Woo, all right. We had a diving catch in the will be coffee. Oh, thank God. (laughs) It's a sacrament at a Unitarian Universalist (laughs) church. Anyways, uh, I invite everyone to rise, and embody your spirit, to share our greeting of peace. One hand on our hearts, another hand reaching out to our community, the people who are our companions on the journey. It's good to see you, it's good to be seen, and blessed be.
0: While you're there, grab that gray hymnal one more time, open to number six. Just as long as I have breath, I must answer yes to life.
1: As long as I have breath, I must answer yes to life. Though with pain I made my way, still with hope I meet each day. If they ask what I did well, tell them I said yes to life. Just as long as I have I must answer yes to life. God bless
2: There is too much hardship in this world to not find joy every day. There is too much injustice in this world to not right the balance every day. There is too much pain in this world to not heal every day. Each of us ministers to a weary world. Let us go forth now and do that which calls us to make this world more loving, more compassionate, and more filled with the grace of divine presence every day.